Welcome to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book, with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. Hi, I'm Gemma Stafford, and my new cookbook is called Bigger, Bolder Baking, a fearless approach to baking anytime, anywhere. So I have to start off by saying a huge congratulations to you. You have a bun in the oven, so to speak. <laughs> Thank you. so exciting. When are you due? I'm due early February. Oh my God, that's right around the corner. I know. I know. Tell me about it. At the time, at the beginning, time stood still. I know. And now it's going really fast. So I, I don't really know where I am. <laughs> Yay, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. So you have a line in the cookbook that goes, I watched my mom create spectacular desserts from just a few simple ingredients. I feel like this is your philosophy too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I um, I worked as a professional chef for 10 plus years and I trained, I studied professional cookery in college. I went to two different cookery schools and definitely the more, especially as I look at the book, my biggest influence and my first teacher was really my mom. Now, what exactly is bold baking? So being bold is about taking risks and it's about trying something different and it's about, um, you know, being fearless. And that's what I do in my recipes. I try and, you know, take away uh, the unnecessary steps that people don't need that might confuse you, that sometimes in baking, um, people can have very long winded recipes. And what I like to do is just get straight to the facts and show you how you can make over the top um, desserts, but still using very simple techniques and very simple ingredients. Long winded recipes are so much fun to read, but so hard to follow. Yeah, I, I just, I can't like the, the reason that, um, you know, we've had such great success with Bigger Boulder Baking is because bold baking is about taking risks and it's about being fearless. And I really try and, you know, with my millions of fans all around the world, try and give people the confidence to bake anytime, anywhere, you know. And in the book, it's a collection of recipes where you can do that using simple ingredients. Um, the majority of recipes are less than 10 steps. Like they're really finely edited just to give you the exact information that you need. And anytime, anywhere baking really, uh, you know, we heard this from our audience. We have 5 million bold bakers all around the world. And we heard from them that they want to bake, but they're students in a dorm. They want to make a cake for somebody, but they live in maybe an older facility and they don't have access to a kitchen or they only have a microwave and things like that. And, you know, we didn't I didn't want that to restrict people from baking. So in the book, I broke the chapters down into different pieces of kitchen equipment that you would need and tools. So there's a whole section in my baking book where you do not need an oven to make um, frozen desserts, to make mousses, to make chilled desserts, to make like chocolate tiffin cake, all of these sorts of things and trifles that you don't need an oven for. And just really make it as simple for people as possible to make, to be able to bake no matter what their, their equipment or their circumstance. Your bold baking journey started at Ballymaloo Cookery School. That is incredible. Tell us about that. And what skills did you learn there? I hold Ballymaloo very close to my heart. I had an, I had a really lovely time there. When I was young, 
um, in in the eighties. There we used to watch. Uh, my mom and I used to watch Doreena Allen on a Monday night on TV, and she was like, this was a long, long time ago, where she was the only chef really on TV, and then she was Irish and she ran this cooking school, and I was just fascinated by her. And my mom told me that when I was older, I could go to the cooking school. So after college. Uh, I studied professional cookery in college and I was uh, in my first job and uh, the opportunity came up to go to Ballymaloo Cooking School and it's a really special, I don't know if I can like describe it well enough, it's a really like amazing experience, it's a, such a special place for people who don't know, it's um a cooking school um, on a piece on a kind of like almost like a, now a farm because I know that they have a lot of their own animals and bees and and things like that. But they have it's a little um, cooking school down in East Cork in a place called Ballymaloo. Oh, sorry, the school, the school is called Ballymaloo and um, run by a lady called Jarena Allen. And her whole ethos go, is very, I would say, typical of a lot of Irish people, which is good ingredients in and amazing out. And the thing about Jarena is that she does recipes from all around the world. It's not, you know, as people often say to me, meat and potatoes from Ireland. It's a little bit of everything. And just to to be there, to be at the school and to be with um, students who come from all around the world to do her courses, like it's really incredible. Did a Diane Keaton movie really inspire you to move to America? <laughs> Um, it did, <laughs> and the, I, I know it's it's crazy. Well, it, so a lot of people, um, a lot of people have seen it, like are, are big fans of it. Baby Boom in the yes. like late eighties, like uh-huh. eighty seven or so. So I was. I would have been, we, we got, we always get everything later than America at that stage. We got everything like a year later than America did. So it, it was on TV in Ireland in like maybe 88 or something like that. So I was only uh, a child and I saw it. And um, for those of you who haven't seen it, it is about a uh, long story short about um, a kind of high powered exec woman in New York. She, uh, has a really busy lifestyle and she gets landed this uh, baby and she has to move out of the city. Uh, she buys a farm in Vermont and she, um, you know, her lifestyle totally changed and she starts making applesauce and selling it in local shops in Vermont and it becomes really big. And I just, I was fascinated by it. I just thought that this was the most amazing thing ever, that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to move to Vermont and make applesauce and um <laughs> you know it, it always it stuck with me I was only I must have been like six or seven when I saw it but I made kind of a promise to myself then and there that when I was 25 I was going to move to the United States and I was going to marry an American man and I, that's what I was going and I was going to like be in America for the rest of my life and um yeah it was I it was I was 25 actually when I when I did end up moving here but yeah, it always stuck in my head. And the thing about it is I never told anybody, which is so funny. So when I when I when I was in my twenties later and I decided to go to America, I think they were kind of surprised. But I always knew in the back of my head, like this is this was part of the plan. I was going to do this. <laughs> it was your vision. Yeah. Wow. So uh for busy home cooks, you also have a few mug cake recipes in this cookbook. Describe these. 
So the mug cakes are some of my most popular on Bigger Boulder Baking. Um, they are really, they're little tiny single serving, I shouldn't say tiny, but they're small single serving cakes that, um, you know, are, this is where like kind of anytime, anywhere baking comes in. We heard a lot from people who, like I said, don't have kitchens, don't have ovens, but still want to bake. And, um, there's a whole world of microwave recipes out there for, uh, for cakes that I have in the book and then savory that I have on my website, for things like pizza, mac and cheese in a mug and things like that that can all be made in the microwave. So in the book, Bigger Boulder Baking, I shared um, three recipes of some of my most popular. And they're like an amazing, they're really great recipes because they're only a handful of ingredients. So even if your your kitchen is bare, you know, all it is is a little bit of raising agent, some flour, a little bit of oil, like you might need an egg, but they don't, not even all of them need an egg. It's most of it is just um, standard cupboard ingredients. And um, you can have like a mug brownie, a funfetti cake in a mug, or, or even a mug, a donut in a mug, which is a really popular one. And they're just a really amazing way for somebody to make a single serving treat fast with very little wash up. And then you, you know, you're not left with um, cake or cookies or whatever it is. You got to just have exactly what you wanted or what you needed. I do love how you've uh, included so many microwave recipes in this cookbook because I feel like the microwave is a little passe right now, but it's so convenient. Yeah, you know, the thing I explain, because I get asked this a lot, you know, I, I, I've been um, a professional chef for many years now. And a lot of when, when I first started doing microwave recipes, I thought to myself, should I be doing this? Because like I've worked in Michelin star restaurants now, sh- like, should I be making recipes in a microwave? And <laughs> the thing, the thing I know, you know, because, you know, people question you. And, and the thing about it is, it's, it's not about the microwave. It's about, it, it is, these recipes are another way for some people to feed themselves, to um, make something from scratch, what I like to call real food fast, not fast food, with just a few ingredients, with very little waste. And, you know, and when we started making them, we, we, we doing the cakes, we heard from a very young, a much younger audience. Then when we kind of ventured into savory and we started doing things like ramen in a mug and pizza, which is one of my favorites, pizza in a mug, um, and lots of different things like that, we heard from... Um, we heard from all around the world. We heard from truckers. We heard from people living in uh, elderly facilities, people who had been widowed. Uh, I just got an email from a man in Australia yesterday, 87 years of age, who um, was asking me about the mic. He, he just got the same microwave that I did, and he was asking me about the recipes so he'd be able to feed himself. You know, so it's it, it, it's much it's much bigger than making food in a microwave. It's giving the people independence and confidence to be able to create their own meals, you know, and, it, and that satisfaction and pride that you take in that. Gosh, that's so smart. Good for you. Thanks. <laughs> you... Also included a mug nut. What's yes, that? That's a donut in a mug. <laughs> <laughs> so so that little it. guy is um, a little kind of a cinnamon cinnamon kind <laughs> of a cake with um, a little bit of jam in the middle. And he and you know, eaten all together tastes just like a donut sprinkled with some cinnamon sugar. It's just a fun, a fun little take on a donut. If I'm going to teach people to bake, why not online? Guess who said that? Your YouTube <laughs> channel has almost 2 million subscribers. Tell us about your channel and how is your husband involved? My husband is the driving force behind us. 
Um, you know, we so we started Bigger Boulder Baking uh, five five and a half years ago as a YouTube channel. Long story short, myself and my husband, I worked, I still worked in food. I worked, I had a catering business. My husband worked in tech. Sorry, he he did he did uh, marketing for a tech company, but he also had a lot of experience in the entertainment industry because he'd worked for Lucasfilm and Pixar. And um, we got married and we we joined forces. We we decided like, how can we can we work together to join both of our what we're passionate about, which is food and entertainment. And Kevin said that he wanted to do more of the production side of entertainment because he always did the marketing side. So um, we came up, like he said, why don't we like create a cooking show? And, you know, five and a half years ago, YouTube was very much a different playing field. It wasn't, there wasn't a saturated, um, you know, there wasn't as many baking channels and it was, it was just a different ball game. And, you know, we, we quit our jobs in San Francisco. We, we left behind paychecks and healthcare and we moved to a city that we didn't know anybody to down to Santa Monica in LA. And we just started creating videos out of our kitchen. We, we, we went all in, like we, we financed it. We, we, all of our time, all of our effort, we were working around the clock and we, we didn't, we, we doubted, we didn't doubt, we think about it is we didn't doubt ourselves. We knew that we were kind of crazy for doing it, but we never doubted ourselves. We knew that we were onto something good and, you know, it took some time and, and blood, sweat and tears and, um, but you know, it, it started to pay off really fast and slowly, but surely we started to garner this audience of what we call and what they call themselves bold bakers. And within a few months, you know, we had some videos go viral. Our, our subscribers just doubled. And from then on, we've just in like the less, sorry, five and a half years or so, we've gotten to 2 million subscribers on YouTube. And then with our Facebook and Instagram, we um, are on our website included. We're around 5 million people um, all around the world. What's the most popular recipe on your channel? Most popular recipe, I would, so there's, there's, there's two that are kind of tied. The mug, so my mug cakes are some of my most popular. It's kind of what I'm known for. And then also um, what's actually, I had to include this in the book is my no machine ice cream. It's just a few ingredients, cream, condensed milk, and some vanilla extract. And you can make um, a base of kind of a vanilla ice cream, but then you can add any flavor you want. And I actually think, Susie, you tried one of the ice creams. Yes. So it's just a really fun recipe, but that was another one that resonated with our audience going back to, it's not, it's not about the microwave. It's not about the utensil. It's the fact that you were able to make something without the, um, without the traditional method. So the ice cream is made um, whisking together. You can do it by hand. You can do it with a stand mixer, but you don't need an ice cream machine to make ice cream. And that video was just huge for us. So we had to include that ice cream and some different flavors in the book. Yeah, I made your raspberry swirl cheesecake ice cream on page 239. Yeah, that's one. I, I love cheesecake ice cream. Ice cream has always been so intimidating for me. Yeah, you know, we, well, lots of times, you know, because you have to make a custard base. And you have to, you know, there's different steps and it just, it can be laborious and, um, you know, there's a chance that you curdle your, your custard and then, and then what do you do, you know? But, um, this is, it's what, um, for want of a better word, it's, it's foolproof and, um, it's really, it's awesome because also we don't, we have a large audience, um, 
it's kind it's kind of funny, but we have a large audience who are who don't eat eggs for for dietary reasons, for veg for um, religious reasons. Uh, so this ice cream doesn't include any eggs; it's only cream and condensed milk. And uh, so it really like ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of our fans. So that that and the mug cakes are some of my most popular recipes with like tens of millions of views on YouTube. For Christmas, are you going to be doing your twelve bowl days of cookies again? I am. Okay. Um, we, 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 yeah, we're doubling down on cookies this year. We, I, I started making them in August. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. So we're, we're, we're planning, uh, we're getting kind of our team. We have a team now, um, at the beginning, um, it was just Kevin and I, my husband. And then, you know, a few years in, we were able to start building out a team. And so our team are working on, uh, th- those campaigns. So 12 days of Christmas and, um, all the things around holiday baking. We're also going to do a holiday baking hotline uh, where I go live. Um, it might be on, uh, we do what was one time we did a hotline on the website on biggerbolderbaking.com where I was, oh, what you call it? Like I popped up and I answered people's questions uh, live the day of Thanksgiving. And then we also use um, an app called Ents where we, c- it's a, it's like a voice mailing app where people can leave me a voicemail and then I answer them back straight away. And it's just a really fun way to do it. And the holidays, you know, can be, um, they can be challenging and you face, you know, you come across things in the kitchen that you didn't know were going to happen and you need help fast. So we also uh, do that. And that's a lot of fun. So I also made your recipe for 10-minute vanilla refrigerator cookies on page 44. Can you describe these? Those cookies are, you know, they're um, one of the first cookies I remember making. And um, they're, they're, they're really simple because they're a plain vanilla cookie. It's a little bit crisp. It's also a little bit soft. Um, but it's a recipe that since the book has come out, I, I'm I'm just, I, I know what recipes mean to me. Like they have, they have certain nostalgia to me, but I keep on getting photos from, uh, on social media of, of these cookies. And it's it just, I don't know what it is about them, but they really resonated with people, but they're just a plain little cookie. And the, the best thing about it is, is you um, keep the dough in the refrigerator in a log, and then you can just slice it whenever you want to bake some off. And it also is kind of a good blank canvas if you wanted to add in. Um, chocolate chips, like orange rind, uh, different flavors, some nuts. Like it, it really is versatile and you can add anything you want to it. Now to my segment called My Favorite Cookbook. Aside from this cookbook, what is your all-time favorite cookbook and why? Oh my gosh, that's a really good question. I'm going to have to say there's not a lot. I, I, I have a huge collection of cookbooks, as I'm sure you do as well, Susie, and I, I treasure them. But there's very few that I've read kind of front to back. And um, the one that my mom, my mom used to get me cooking books, uh, cookery books for Christmas. And one year when I was, I must have been in my teens, I was probably 17 or something. She got me the Ballymaloo Cookery School um, three months course in a book because Darina's course in Ballymaloo, her longest one is three months. And they compiled what you learn in that course into one big, thick book. And I went through that book like nobody's business. I um, 
I would, I tried recipes, like for everything from salads to dressings, to cookies, to cakes, to breads, every, I went through it page to page and I still use it as kind of, uh, you know, my go-to, um, Bible of, of today. I still, um, you know, go to it for my, uh, Asian pork salad. And, um, she has like a Tunisian, like citrus cake. And it's just, it has a little bit of everything. And I, I just, I just absolutely adore it. And it, it brings me back to that time at Ballymaloo as well. Where can we find you on the web and social media? Um, so you can find me on my website, biggerbolderbaking.com. And then on Facebook and Instagram, it's uh, biggerbolderbaking. Wonderful. Thanks, Gemma, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you, Susie. It was lovely to talk to you. Subscribe over on cookerybythebook.com. And thanks for listening to the number one cookbook podcast. Cookery by the Book.